Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 16 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show. We're meeting with business coach Dominic Rubino, and Dom hosts two shows for the construction and contracting industry, the Profit Two Belt Podcast and the Cabinet Maker Profit System. And Dom is a frequent speaker at various conferences, and Dominic has been both a franchisee and a franchise owner. We're going to talk to Dom about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand, the opportunity to take control of your future, and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry, and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you are listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 16 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show. We're meeting with business coach Dominic Rubino, and Dom hosts two shows for the construction and contracting industry and is a frequent speaker at various conferences. Dominic has also been both a franchisee and franchisor, and as the global master franchisor for a professional services firm, he took a failing six 
six-unit company up to 237 units before selling it. Hi, Don. How are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. This is my pleasure, Don. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from today, Don? You know what? I'm calling from, uh, well, it's a local call to heaven. It's in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, fantastic. Beautiful. I've never been there, but I just heard great things about it. <clears throat> yeah, it's beautiful up here. That's fantastic. It rains so, a lot. It rains a ton. Uh, right. The last one I hear, too. That's, that's the one negative aspect, I guess. But uh, it, yeah. it's, it's great. I hope to hit that place one day. So I was saying earlier in the introduction, Dom, I said, you know, you've been both a franchisee and a franchise. So I thought, I said, you know, maybe, we, you know, we could start there and talk a little bit about your experience with both because not mm-hmm. everyone gets to experience both. Right. Right. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. You know, the first franchise I ever bought, I didn't even know it was a franchise. That's yeah, amazing. It was a student, it was a student painting franchise when I was in college. You know, they wow. took us through this training. They were going to show us how to run this business. Yeah. And then toward the end, they handed out these forms and said, you got to sign these. You're a franchisee now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's what happens when we're right? young, right, Tom? I guess you were young yeah. at the time too, weren't you? Yeah. 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 But it, oh, it worked out great. And I did learn the importance of systems. I'll tell you that yeah. that is the one thing right. they really hammered home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how? So how did you end up becoming a franchise store? Then Don, like, where, where was that transition? Well, that trans that transition was interesting. So you know, obviously the student painting franchise came and went as I went through college. Mm-hmm. But then I mm-hmm. I went through the corporate world where I worked for Sprint, okay. and they sort of trained me to be a business coach there. And I left and I bought a business coaching franchise out of Australia. Wow. And I did that for years. Um, while I was doing that, I built and sold another company. So I did that mm-hmm. while I was running the franchise. But after I had sold that other company and my franchise term had lapsed, I became business partners with Brian Tracy, who I had originally met oh, wow. in, in the prior franchise. That's a and big name. He had, it, it is a big name. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I bought with a partner uh, a company called Focal Point Business Coaching. Wow. And I, I became the global master franchisor with the with Brian Tracy as our brand partner. And yeah, That's we were great. able to grow that and do a great job. Yeah. That's fantastic. So what did you learn from all that experience? Dom? I mean, you know, the, uh, the listeners to our show, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. A lot of them have this and have it in their mind that they want to get involved in franchising. But, you know, I think today I've recently read that we're up to like 4,000 different systems alone in the United States. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit overwhelming. I mean, from everything you've learned from your experience, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to find or identify a franchise? You know, it's going to sound so basic, but really mm-hmm. do your due diligence. Slow yeah. down yeah. and allow logic to be your guide, not emotion. Right, right. You know, I mean, you have to be emotional. You have to enjoy it. You have to see yourself passionately be, being in sure. that business, whether it's pets or ice cream or professional services, whatever it is. But, right. you know, maybe make sure you temper both logic and emotion in your decision making. I was... Um Reading some some of your literature, Dom, you know, uh, online, and you know, said speaking of pets, you know, you, you talk about time and time management, and you kind of compare it to a talk, and I thought that was clever. you know, I know where you're going with this already. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about that because that's that's an important topic for entrepreneurs, isn't it? It is, and and you know, if, if you think about people building out new locations, let's say they're opening a new retail location or a new office or expanding, time management for entrepreneurs and business owners, whether they be franchisees, franchisors, or not our time gets pulled in so many directions. And so the joke mm-hmm. that I make is time management is like brushing your dog. Yeah. 
It's a great I'm analogy. waiting for your listeners to be laughing to themselves or spitting their coffee out. <laughs> <as they do. laughs> well, it's but so it's memorable true, right? when you I heard it. I said, I've got to write that down. I said, it's, it's so clever, you know, and it, it, true, it, isn't it? it stands out. It is. It's very true. You know, I, I don't have a dog anymore, but I grew up with dogs my whole life. So, so I can relate yeah. to the analogy. How did you, how did you get involved in podcasting? Dom, I've listened to some of your podcasts and they're very good. So how, how did that come about? Uh-huh. Thank you. Well, you know, as a, I've been a professional business coach since the year 2000. So that's 23, maybe almost 24 years now. And a big wow. part of being a, a business coach is being a public speaker. Right. However, I was done with traveling for work because part of being a public speaker is flying to, you know, Chicago, right. wherever. You're always right. flying. And that yep. was impacting my family a bit much. And so I, I sat down and said, how can I do what I love, public speaking, but not have to travel? And podcasting at the time was a hot thing. I had just done a, um, a presentation for an industry association, and they asked if they could record it. And so the two worlds came together the most boring of ways. And I thought, well, let me yeah. try podcasting. So I've been doing that for right. eight years now. Wow. That's a, that's, it's a long time. And it is great. You know, it, it's interesting. Even for me, you know, I, I got involved in, in podcasting, Dom. I guess it was around 2006, you know, and, and it still hmm. surprises me to this day that, you know, people are going to listen to this podcast from different countries. I mean, when, when I look at, you know, the, the statistics yeah. and I see, you know, Australia, New Zealand, I, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming, isn't it? That you, here you are, you're in your home or wherever you're doing the podcast from. And there's people all over the world listening to the podcast. Oh. Amazing. Yeah. I've got listeners in Panama. I've got listeners throughout Europe. But I'll, I'll tell you wow. the most humbling thing is when I do go and speak at a conference, I've stopped asking the question, Marty, from stage, how many people listen to my show? Right. And the only person raising their hands, my wife in the back. <laughs> She's just being white. So it's amazing, though, how, how impactful podcasts are to the people who listen, but there are right. so few people who listen. Does that make sense? Right. It does. It makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. And I, I've, I've had a similar experience, you know, to you, you know, so I mean, it really is interesting. And, you know, you talk about so many different topics on the podcast um, and, and, mm-hmm. and in your presentations. Um, Dom, one of the things that, you know, we we don't talk enough about on this show, you know, is, is growth and exit strategies. And I, I thought that's such mm-hmm. an important topic. Maybe you, you could hit a little bit on that one. Well, you know, it's, it's important even, let, let's say that you're going to buy a franchise, whether you're going to be an area developer, a master franchisor, or a unit franchisee, you really do have to think about your eventual exit. Mm-hmm. And, and your, your eventual exit could be anything from, I want to build a legacy for my kids to take over, or I right. want to find a manager who I can groom to take over, or I want to sell it on the market after I've increased its value, whatever it is. But if you're right. not thinking about that, then you're just sort of wandering aimlessly, right? Right. And right. Yeah. And so I use a system, no surprise, mm-hmm. um, uh, that really comes from a book called um, Traction by Gino Wickman. I'm sure you've heard of the mm-hmm. EOS sure. system. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fantastic. It's you know it's it's interesting you know we we how we learn from our mistakes, Don. Because you know exit strategy, it you know I when I was younger like yourself, you know, and I, I got into a business with with, with a gentleman and it, it started to become really successful. But then there was a time where I said, okay, it's time. You know, I think we go our separate ways. We didn't have an exit strategy, and and you can imagine right. what a mess it was because we were like, okay. Now what do we do? You know, we couldn't come to yeah. an agreement. Who gets what? Unfortunately, you have to go to court. You know, I mean, it, it, it's you, ugly. And it takes a long time. How much of your life does that take? 
Yeah. It took a long time, to, and, and it was yeah. very stressful, as you can imagine. And I, and um, it was just, and I think I was getting married at the time too, you know. So I was just like, it was so much stress. <laughs> but it's not something you yeah. think about in the beginning, you know, because in the beginning, you know, no. everything is 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 you know, it's it's all roses, you know, and you don't think about it's it's. Man, I want I hate to compare it to a marriage, you know, when you're getting into this thing. But there's there's a relationship and there's a commitment involved. But you know, if it doesn't work out what's going to happen. So I think you do have to talk about it, don't yeah. you? Yeah, so and, and how are you going to grow it? You know, I've been right. in the fortunate position now to have built and sold a couple of businesses. But the two most notable are the Master Franchisor, which I took from six to 237 units. Wow. And I'm under NDA, so I can't really talk more about that. But right. the good news right. on the NDA is, of course, because I'm still getting paid from that transaction. But the business prior to that, um, I built that from zero to $120 million in sales when I sold right. that. And wow. even though we were still working at putting a strategic plan together, we were hitting all of the metrics we wanted to. And when we hit the metric I personally wanted to hit, that's when I went to my partners and said, you know, it's time for me to right. either get bought out or for us to sell the whole thing. And they ended up buying me, which was fine. Right. Wow. That's a, yeah. that's but you have to have the plan. But you, right? have you have to have, have the plan, plan and just, you have to have the talk too, don't you, Dom? You know, it's it's sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it's better to do it in the beginning than at the end, right? You know, it's, oh, it's, is it ever? It's, yeah. it's, it saves so much time. <laughs> Marty, if, if you and I have been around okay. for a long time, I've, yeah. I've learned it's better to have tough conversations first and fast. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a good way to put it. You know. Um, yeah. And I really, I, I, I learned from that one, you know, so I, I'm glad that you talk about exit strategies because I don't think it's spoken about enough, you know, and I think I realize I need to sometimes do that more on my show mm. as well. What's interesting to me is because you, you honed in on really two industries, Dom, you, you honed in on the construction industry and the contracting mm -hmm. industry. And I'm curious, what was it about those two industries? Because there's a lot of industries you could have kind of honed in on, but you, you selected yeah. these. So what is it about these two that, that you're interested in? I could give you a lot of fancy answers. Okay. And I did a lot of fancy research. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I like contractors. And the right. reason I like working with contractors yeah. is because they make decisions and they get stuff done. Or yeah. they just answer back, Dominic, you're full of beep. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> and really there's honest. no in-between, right? Yeah. yeah, there's no in-between. And I, I like working with people who take action, who take this, you know, who will make decisions and then take action. And then contractors is the kitchen table I grew up at. You know, my first business was, my first true business was a Christmas light installation company. I started that on my own. Then I went into painting and a little bit of um, carpentry. And even when I left Sprint, I was managing mm -hmm. low voltage electri uh, electrical subtrades. So I've always, I just like contracting trades. And I like it because we just talk like normal people. And if, right. if, I, if somebody thinks it's BS, they just tell me it's BS and sure. vice versa. And nobody gets right. offended. Right, yeah. right. That probably doesn't happen with um, dentists or doctors or <laughs> other types of dentists. No, it's always, yeah, it's always like we're going to take that under advisement. This sounds great. Let's put together. Right. You never hear that in a construction company. They're like, yeah, we're doing it. And off I they go. It. And they make the change and they get the results, right? Yeah, absolutely. So true. We interview um, a lot of um, restaurant franchises on this 
show, Dom. And one, I was reading an article from a, a gentleman. His name is, I think it's Jeffrey Chadrell. He's, he's, he's big in the restaurant industry. And he had this great quote. He said something like, a busy restaurant is only a busy restaurant. It doesn't mean it's profitable. And I saw that, you know, I, when I was looking at the things that you talk about, yeah. you talk about this as well, is money and profitability. And you ask the question, why am I busy, but I'm still losing Not money. Profitable. Um, you're yeah. right, exactly. Maybe you could, you could touch upon that because I think that's an interesting topic for our listeners too. And it's a painful one. Yeah. Because sure. let's let's go to the kitchen table of that franchisee who's who goes home to their spouse, their husband or their wife, and says, oh my God, I'm so busy. But the spouse is biting their tongue saying, you're busy, but you're not getting what you wanted from this business. The returns aren't there or you're not, you know, profit in, in personal time is also important. But what happens mm-hmm. is we, we we lose sight of the numbers. And we lose sight right. of the things that are important. And, right. you know, I don't want to name the, any particular franchise. Um, sure. But, you know, if you look at the, the list of menu items in a franchise, some have better gross margin than others. Sure. Some are right. ancillary sales that you're not – I'll use an example that's not franchise but that's still food-related. Okay. Many years ago, I was working with a coffee shop. And mm-hmm. the coffee shop knew that they would sell a coffee, and they, well, we weren't increasing average dollar sale, right? Okay. So this is business coach language. We need to increase right. average dollar sale in order to get sales up to have more profits. Right. And I went in there and did training with them, and I trained their team. Their team was all kids from the college, right? Mm-hmm. And finally, it just occurred to me, I'm like, why don't we have a rule that everybody buys two things? Yeah, that was that's a great rule. And because right next to the coffee is all the pastries. And so the right, script became, right. this is just the script. Hey, I see you, you, know, you bought a coffee, right? Do you want a Danish? They only made 12, and these ones go fast. That right. was the script. Wow. And guess and what happened? Danish is all gold. And then so you just move them, everything one to the left, and the next guy that's at the counter says, hey, do you want a blueberry muffin? We only made 12. Once they're gone, they're gone. And now everybody bought two things. And the, wow. we increased the average dollar sale because the gross margin is, you know, the margins of coffee are insane. But if you know what I mean, you're you're trying mm-hmm. to find that ancillary sale to increase your average dollar sale to get those profits so you can take that home to your family. It's just a habit of asking, right? Dom, you know, it's just getting those just salespeople, those, those em- employees, just to get in the habit of just asking. It, it's funny, as you, you, I was just talking about this story the other day. I was working for a retailer um, a long, long time ago. They were called Stern's Department Store. They were it, it, like kind of similar to like a, a Macy's. And I was making, I think I was making $5.50 an hour at the time, Dom. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 had this, they had this trainer come in. I was working in what was called the men's furnishing department. So I was like selling men's dress shirts, you know, and, and, and as you're telling the yeah. story, it just it really hit a point. So anytime someone bought a dress shirt, you know, is they trained us to always say, you know, that's a really nice shirt. Just so you know, we have ties on sale this week. You can get two for the price of one. Can I show you some ties that would go great yeah. with this shirt? Then once you brought them over to the ties and you get even a little bit more pushy and say, you, you know, we have some great tie pins that go with this tie, you know, and they're 25% off. But it was, I was always surprised at such a young age how well it worked. It was just asking, wasn't it? That, that, that's all. all you have to do is care. Like, you just yeah. care. Like, if I just care about the person buying a coffee, I'm like, you bought a coffee, aren't you a little bit hungry? Well, right. no. Well, these right. Finishes. We only make 12. Right now there's scarcity. Now there's oh my gosh they want to make twelve of these Danishes and they always sell fast and I got here in time to get one. Yeah you did. And now you've sold a Danish or you've sold a uh, whatever it yeah. is right. But right. those things. So it was a wise statement that you picked up from that article that just don't confuse busyness with with profitability. Right. right. You can't right. confuse those two things. Yeah. You can't. You can't. What are your thoughts on on marketing? 
today, Don, because it, it's a little bit, you know, marketing's become overwhelming. It just seems like there's sometimes this obsession with digital marketing. You know, you and I are both in the digital world with, with podcasting and things like that. So, you know, we see we see the opportunities mm-hmm. there. But do you, you, should people still be looking towards traditional marketing? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So if, if the conversation is about old fashioned marketing versus newfangled marketing, absolutely, right. because they need to work mm-hmm. both together. I think, right, I agree. And correct me if, if you disagree, but the temptation of social media marketing is set it and forget it. I don't actually have to do anything. I just right. set it up, hit the button, and then correct. it happens. Right. Right. But, but yeah. old fashioned marketing really works. And yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm talking junk mail. I'm talking signage. Yeah. I know we have multiple types of franchisees here, but wrapping your vehicle professionally. Right. Like, right. Think it, when, when, when we think about marketing, what we need to think about is the person buying our product or our service. Right. Where do they make the decisions? How do they make those decisions? And let's get to, you know, I'll say their kitchen table, like where they make the decision. Right. And, if they're driving through traffic and they see that I'm um, uh, a home services franchise, they need to see a nicely wrapped vehicle who's driving yeah. properly in traffic, right? right if it's a right. professional services franchise, where are they seeing that? If it's a franchise that exists at a mall, we need different marketing tools. But traditional marketing, yeah. you know, there's a there's a tool that I call the silent soldier, which is a sandwich board, A-frame mm-hmm. sandwich board, right? Mm-hmm. When a chiropractor puts that sign out, in the very first month, they can expect 11 new patients from a silent mm. soldier. Right. When that number starts to drop off, you just change the sign. And lo and behold, right. nothing has changed. Right. And you get another 11 patients. And the sign only has to say, now accepting new patients. That's it. Right. Right. Fancy. Don't let your ego get in the way. So you now can take that over into foods. You can take that into goods. Uh, you know, find find something traditional and find a way. Can I add one more thing, by the way? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. This is good stuff. So many years ago, I was I was a business coach of a. Um, uh, I want to make sure I don't use the name. Uh, mm-hmm. A franchise that has mailboxes all over the wall. <laughs> okay. Let's just say that. And I, I, uh, they I, were I, in I a guess, small. Yeah. They were in a strip mall, as many other you know franchise locations yep. are. And one of the things you had the right to was a kind of a mobile sign out on the front uh, that was mm-hmm. on the busy street. And the sign had the letters that you would change, you know, crazy green and yellow and orange right. letters. Right. And so I went to this franchisee and I said, how can you get your rights to have, you know, promote business cards or, or color color copies. He's like, oh, well, we only get a turn once every 10 months. And, you know, I don't bother. And I said, well, why don't you go to everybody else in the mall and ask them if you can use their turn since they don't want it? Because the sign out front had to change forever. That's free marketing that came with your lead, you know? And so don't overlook those opportunities. Everything is marketing. And that's, that's, so that's your job, Don. That's what you do I guess, on a daily basis is you meet with these businesses or these business owners right. and, and you, 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 you ask these important questions to them to help them increase their sales. And I imagine it, it seems to me it's very gratifying for you, you know, because you mm-hmm. kind of become part of their business to some extent, don't you? You make an impact on yeah. their business. Yeah, and I absolutely. I'm probably the luckiest guy in the world. That's fantastic. That's yeah, that's great. What's what's the future of, of your company then, Dom? I mean, where do you see yourself if you have to look into a crystal ball, if it was like a year or three years or five years? Down the road, where do you see yourself? Well, it's funny you ask that. I do have a crystal ball. And the crystal ball is the strategic plan that I built inside of the EOS right. system right. from the book Traction. So we already know. Um, yeah. I have uh, another coach working for me. 
So I'm so I'm oversubscribed as a coach. I have other coaches working for me. I'm going to be continuing to add coaches, and you know I want to focus on the construction and contracting world. Uh, yeah. I actually do lots in the cabinetry trade, and mm-hmm. I do lots in in general sub trades. So I'm going to continue in that world, but I'm just going to follow the plan. Nothing I think exciting. It's smart, yeah, no, it, it was very smart, though, Don, how you, Don, how you honed in on um, just, you know, again, you're working with, you know, just strictly in the construction industry and then the contracting industry, and you kind of become an expert in that mm-hmm. field as well. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you like working with them, but the market is so huge, isn't it? I mean, if you're talking about the construction and contracting industry, I mean, that'll keep you busy the rest of your life, won't it? Forever. You know, just yeah. home services alone as a sub uh, category. The cabinetry industry is enormous and it's overlooked. It's a, it is wow. a, an industry that has not been given its due respect. Now, in this audience, they might not care about cabinetry either, but those are the people doing your fit-outs when you move into a new mm-hmm. retail location. Sure. And that's a business model that's very dynamic, and it needs business coaching. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's clever. What's the best way, Dom, for our listeners to get more information on your services, uh, you know, your podcast? I mean, you, you plug, plug anything you, you, you like, but what's the best sure. way to get more information? Well, the best way, you know, I, I want to add value to anybody who's looking for me. So a great central location is definitely LinkedIn. You know, my name is okay. Dominic Rubino. And you'll okay. know which Dominic Rubino, because there's a young kid on there who's like a wrestler at college. That's not me. <laughs> you got to look for the old guy, the 55-year-old guy. Um, then I have two podcasts, and, and you've mentioned them already. One's called yeah. Profit Tool Belt. Right. And the other one is called Cabinet Maker Profit System. Fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you though. I'm glad I finally got to speak to you. You know, it's funny when you listen to someone's podcast, you kind of feel like you know them. So I felt like I kind of knew you before I even got a chance to actually speak to you, you know? So I'd I'd like to, you know, have you back on the show, if you don't mind, you know, in the the next six months or a year or so. And yeah, and and I'm glad I finally got to talk to you. The area developer side or the area representative or moving into new territories, uh, you know, the real job of an AD, an AR. Yeah. Is not running the unit. It's finding great franchisees and supporting them. I'm happy to give. You know, these are all my opinions. Of course, I yeah, can be wrong. Right. Right. No. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> this is. This has been fantastic, Dom. Well, it was great to talk to you, Dom, today, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to be playing a clip from our great quotes and franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. For each podcast you get to hear, a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time, we've had some incredible quotes on the show. 
Today you're going to get to hear from Joseph Berger, and Joseph is the president of You Got Maze, and Joseph said something on the show that we haven't heard, interesting enough, in 650 shows. He described franchising as an open book, but we're going to let Joseph explain why. So here we go. You were kind of like, I guess you could say you're almost like born into franchising, Joseph. I mean, you've been exposed to it, it seems like, most of your life. Um, what do you What do you like most about franchising? Yeah, and you're right. I ha- I've been around franchising for a while. I, 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 st- I like to tell people I started when I was seven. I started answering phones and folding boxes at Domino's. Worked at started at 25 cents an hour with a free soda, uh, as much as I could drink, and worked up from there. Uh, and what I love about it, what we do, uh, I, I see where entrepreneurship, where small business ownership, has helped my family. You know, my right. my dad's from yeah. Northeast Philly, uh, row homes. Uh, my mom wasn't much better off, and they've been able to really just turn their, you know, turn their stars around yeah. and right. build a really good life for all of us. And I love working with franchisees because I, I get to be a part of them doing that for their family, and that's just inspiring every day. Wow. That's yeah, it's inspiring what you just said, Joseph. Because you know, I know that area, you know, of Philadelphia. I get down to Philly, you know, every so often, and, and I think you're right. You know, it's it's one of the things that impresses me too, Joseph, is that you know, a lot of people, I think they want to get into entrepreneurship, but they don't know how to, right? And I think franchising, you know, allows them that ability to become an entrepreneur, doesn't it? Absolutely. One of the things I like, we like to say in the process is like, you know, imagine you have to t- you have to take a really hard test, and this test determines like everything. Right. But you know, if you're with if you're doing it with a franchise, it's open book. Right. We've already made right. the mistakes. We've already found the opportunities. We've we've laid out all the processes, uh, and we hone it every day. I mean, all of our our new idea we still are updating. It's never going to be done. Uh, we're getting all of our great ideas from our franchisees now. But you can start off with that rather than, you know, opening your doors and like, how, how do I get maids? How do I get clients? Right. How do I keep them? Right. That's terrific. I've never heard that analogy in, in 650 shows, Joseph, but it makes sense. You know, I like how you, you called franchising an open book, you know, because you're right. You know, when a lot of people do get into entrepreneurship, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that they just don't know, you know, and they make a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, sometimes that mis- some of those mistakes – you know, are detrimental to, you know, their business. So, um, you know, to call it an open book, I, I think that's I think that's really very clever. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Joseph Berger of You Got Maids, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, simply go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and go to our Cleaning category, or you can simply go to our Franchises Listed Alphabetically page. And lastly, we just want to thank everyone for making this podcast, our Great Quotes of Franchising podcast, such a big hit. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.